Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Abuse against young athletes in sports makes headlines and it gets people outraged. But what action is being taken to protect our kids from emotional, mental and sexual abuse? Bob Wilkie started the company I Got Mind in 2008. He played in the NHL for a decade, and and as he's transitioned to coaching, he noticed a lot of his players were suffering the same way he and many of his teammates had with stress and anxiety. He started I Got Mind to focus on mental health and performance in sports and has evolved the program to include mental health and burnout in the workplace. Bob's here to fill us in on what leaders can do to help employees, what parents should look for, how they can help their kids, how coaching has changed, and how athletes are building resilience. Good morning, Bob. Ah, thanks, Tara. It's great to be here. David? Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Tara mentioned parents. Where do you see parents putting too much pressure mentally on their kids? Boy, it's, it's all over the place. Um, it, it starts in, in all the research we've done, all the kids we've talked to for the last 15 years. It really seems to start at age 11 and 12. When it's not fun anymore, it starts to turn into more of a job um, without letting them know what a job is and and all the demands of a job. It's just all of a sudden, all of these expectations, all of this frustration, all of this pressure to to win and be the best that they can. And, you know, we try and help parents understand they're 11, 12, 13, 14. I mean, and you do the majority of work for them. So they really don't have a strong work ethic. Um, they don't understand the importance of these things. They're all developing. And so by putting too much pressure, what we end up doing is pushing them away from the opportunity we have to teach them. And, you know, it, it creates a division within the family. Now the kids don't want to talk to mom and dad because they're putting too much pressure on. It's not fun. We used to go to Timmy's after the game and it didn't matter if I won or lost or scored a goal or mm-hmm. not. And now all of a sudden, all I'm hearing is all the things I didn't do and what what I need to do better. And you know, it, it, it gets real heavy on a young person and, you know, the world is tough enough with kids today and all the challenges that they face. And the one thing that they do love, which is sport and, and to have that enjoyment and be with their friends, to have all this adult uh, interference that uh, takes away from that experience really denies them a lot of learning opportunities. So I got mine on the sports kind of arena should deal with parents more than the kids. It was funny you say that, David, you know, uh, 2018, it was right after the Humboldt tragedy. We went out and, and sat with them and I was talking with one of the dads who I grew up with, who lost his son, unfortunately, during that time. And we were talking, catching up over 20 years and, he said, well, what are you doing now? And I told him what I'm doing. He's like, it's so important. You've got to get this information out to as many people. And he told me about the last conversation he had with his son about stress and the anxiety. And he had mm-hmm. to talk to coach and he didn't know how to do it. And, and so we started doing tours. We started, you know, we got to get out in the community. So we, we hopped in some vehicles and uh, we would drive around to anybody that wanted us to come and talk. And the parents are the root cause of so many of the issues and, and not intentionally. I think that's important to state. It's not that they're trying to do this. They're fully unaware. And there's lots of times when we meet with families and the parents, when they find out what, how their kids are truly feeling, they're, they're in tears mm. because that's not what they wanted. They just don't know how to do this thing in, in sport. So then what would your suggestion be then? Uh, number one, what can parents look for to see if they're children are seeing having signs of anxiety or stress and 
how can parents kind of switch the way that they have those conversations so that it's more empowering rather than putting stress on the kids? The, the first thing that we start to notice um, is exhibiting some pain-based behavior. Um, they're not enjoying it as much. They're more uncomfortable going. They're not as happy as they used to be in it. Um, they're, they're being very hard and negative with themselves. So, you know, how did you play? How do you think you played? Well, I played terrible. I was no good. And those are the things that we can really start to identify that something's going on. It could be just them internally. It could be I'm adding to it. It could be the coach. And oftentimes, um, you know, the culture in the locker room is not great because you've got a bunch of 13 and 14 year olds that don't know how to be without adult supervision because the minute the adult's leave the room, it's feeding time at the zoo and they're going to do and say whatever they want to say. Right. So it's a kind of a triangle, parents, coaches, players. How do you deal with the coaches? They're, they're in between. They're sandwiched in between. You know, the coaches hold a lot of power over these kids. Um, every year when we go in and we start talking with kids, it's like, okay, how many of you expect your coach is going to make you better? Every one of them raises their hand. So there's this unrealistic expectation that the coach is going to do the whole job of improving them when they have to realize the coach is just there to give them ideas and to give them feedback, it's their work ethic, it's their determination, it's their ability to stay positive when it's challenging that's going to allow them to develop the skills that are required to move on. We're with Bob Wilkie, founder of I Got Mind. So I just want to circle back to the parents a little bit. Um, what kind of conversations can they have with their kids that would be positive and not putting stress after a game or before a game? Or do you talk about the game at all? It depends on them, right? You right. you kind of got to gauge where they're at. If if you're noticing that they're riding when they're going to the game um, and they're listening to their headphones and kind of doing that preparing, it's probably not a good time to interrupt that process. Um, you know, asking afterwards, do you want my feedback? Do you, do you want to hear what I have to say? And most importantly, really gauging um, through conversation and getting them to communicate of of how they felt about their performance, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you like about your game tonight? What didn't you like about your game tonight? What can you do about that? So not giving the direction as much is asking them to solve the problem themselves. Because one of the things that we find is athletes progress and get to the next level and they don't have mom and dad and they haven't been taught how to fix their problems. They just have a whole bunch of problems and it makes it even tougher because now they're not in the home anymore. So it started with sport, I guess, and now you're expanding to other areas. Can you elaborate a little bit? I, I sat with a, a, a brilliant uh, marketing guy. His name is Craig Elias. He's in town here. He's won several awards. And I wasn't quite sure where to go with the direction when I started the company in 2008. And he sat down and he really walked me through the process. And he says, you know, your passion is the kids because that's where I became ill. And so if you work with the kids, then the parents are going to notice a difference in their kids. And then the parents are business owners and teachers and all these different things. And then they're going to want the same thing for their team. So it just, it, it's been a really cool evolution. And, you know, it's really interesting, David, the, the issues that we see in the locker room aren't much different than we see in the boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something, isn't That's it? saying something. Yeah. Well, isn't every company a sports team? We're, I mean, we're, we're a part of so many teams. You know, we, we talk about it a lot, whether it's business or whether it's sport. We're a teammate everywhere, you know, whether it's home, whether it's business, whether it's our friend network, we're always a part of team and we've got to learn how to be a good teammate and all the challenges that are going to be with all of these different teams that we play on. You talk about burnout. What can leaders do to try to help prevent burnout from happening? We That term is everywhere right now because you've got people working 20 hours a day, working at home or the hybrid 
seeing a lot of different issues, uh, you know, with COVID. Uh, the, the, some people are really thriving and being at home, mm-hmm. um, but we're missing that connection to our team. Because even though we may see them on a meeting uh, screen in a meeting, we're still not having that water cooler moment. We're not having that opportunity when we can go and just socialize a little bit. So that's creating a huge problem. And then, you know, people struggled with balance prior to COVID. And now they're really struggling with balance because they are working from home and their kids are there and, and they're working at 10 o'clock and creating more stress and not getting the proper sleep, which is going to affect everything. And it, it's just a snowball effect and it, it's a lack of skill set. We, we we call it ignorance and we don't mean it in a negative way. It's just things we don't know. So how did the, what did the leaders do then to try to help them? You know, it's about getting creative with your team. It's about sitting together and saying, what can we do to make it more fun? What can we do to make it more engaging? Can we all come to the office one day a week where, you know, we can just socialize with each other? It's about, you know, tapping into what we are as humans is naturally creative people. We're very curious. And when we're in that state of mind, great things can happen. When when we get into that um, withdrawal, isolation, you know, I'm not going to participate. So when we talk with workplaces, it's really about creating an inclusive culture where everybody gets to have a say in what we're doing here because we're all here. We're all putting the most valuable asset we have, our time, into this thing. Let's come up with some ideas of what we can do better. How can we make it better? And really normalizing a lot of the conversations around stress and mental illness. You know, there's lots of stress and there's lots of anxiety and there's lots of depression. Now more than ever, when we can normalize the conversation so I can have a conversation with my coworker, David, you know what? I'm really struggling today. I I could use some help. I've got all these projects going on. I don't know what to do. I don't really need you to do anything other than maybe we can bounce some ideas back and forth of how we can solve this problem. People aren't comfortable doing that. And when we can create that comfort level, well, now I feel supported by my team. So now I'm more balanced because I'm not drained from work. Work hasn't drained everything out of me. So when I go home, I'm empty. And that's where we see a lot of people really struggle is they'll go home, they do their job really well, they, they get through their day, but then there's nothing left in the tank when they go home. So who do they take it out on? The ones closest to them. Our guest today is Bob Wilkie, founder of I Got Mine. And Bob, we have to take a commercial break. As you know, we need some commercials here to sponsor this. So we'll, <laughs> we'll be back following the commercials. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs. Embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. We're back with our guest, Bob Wilkie, founder of I Got Mind. And Tara, you have the right for the first question after the commercial. Once again, thank you. Thank you for that honor. So um, in the news, we've seen sexual abuse cases come to light through Kyle Beach. We've seen the U.S. gymnastics team. Um, Sheldon Kennedy is always very front and center talking about this and advocating. What do parents need to say to their children? I mean, at different ages, right? But how do we prepare our kids to be safe around other adults? You know, it's really important that there's education, that the parents have the education to talk about the environment that we're about to go into. So when a season's starting and to have a little checklist of things that, that we really need to be aware of, if you're seeing these types of things in this environment, you need to make sure that you come and tell mom and dad because they're important. We need to understand 
So, you know, is there inappropriate behavior? Do you feel unsafe? Are you maybe not experiencing any of a, a, a power differential, we call it, where the coach is, you know, being mean to certain players? Mm-hmm. Um, is there bullying going on in the locker room? You know, these are all little key things that oftentimes we don't as parents understand it's the environment that they're stepping into. And, and we really need to make them aware of some of these dangerous things that we might see um, or experience in that environment. When we, we, you know, when we talk about sexual abuse, um, it, it's very difficult. Sheldon and I were together for six years. So we played three years in Swift with Graham James and then three years in Detroit's organization. And you know what? In all the conversations that we had, he never came out and, and let us know what was going on. Several other teammates from that era um, ha- have reached out and we've had some great conversations. And it's just, it's a difficult thing. Um, there's so much shame and guilt um, you, you, you don't know where to turn or, or how to talk to people. And that's why I think if the parents were more informed about really laying out what the environment is, um, what we need to be aware of, and then if something, uh, any of those issues are arising, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. And really explaining that, you know, this is, we want to keep it safe. We want to keep it fun. It's everybody's responsibility to do that. Just because I'm not being bullied doesn't mean that I don't say something to somebody, my parents, for example, that, you know what, the coach is really, really hard on Billy. And I see that he's almost in tears every time, but I don't know what to do. Then the parents can start to provide some ideas of how they can support that child so that if it happens again, which in life it does a lot, um, they, they start to develop the confidence to take action on those certain things. Avoiding the issue just compounds the problem. And we saw that with the Kyle Beach story where, um, you know, because they didn't listen, because they didn't do anything about it. Now there's another victim. Well, and I love that you that you're focusing on the bystanders and that not saying something um, is also damaging and not to put blame. I mean, everybody's in a difficult situation, but we're starting to have much more of a conversation around that, about the importance of speaking up when you're seeing something going off the rails. They talk about, you know, Sheldon's company, Respect and Sport, they do a great job. Um, anybody who's been through the program, there's a ton of information there to help stop this. Mm-hmm. It's getting outside of our comfort zone and our conditioning and our safe space to say, you know what, I don't want to bring that up because I don't want somebody getting mad at me or punishing my child. The thing that we have to really think about is how many other children are being affected and what would you do if it was your child? Wouldn't you be appreciative if -hmm. somebody brought that to your attention? That, you know what, hey, my son came home and said that Billy, he's kind of taken it. Have you seen a change in his behavior and you as a mom going, you know what, I have noticed, but he won't talk to me. I don't know. So thank you so much. Mm. Now you have an idea of what you can talk to. So we don't always have to be the aggressor and going and, and, and trying to get whoever's doing something wrong thrown out. Um, sometimes it's creating that safe space for people to talk. And then we can figure out what we're going to do together. Because as a victim, the hardest thing to do is bring it forward because of the abuse, the, the, the blaming we get into this whole them and us, you know, he said, she said sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, the, our feelings are, are unfortunately our feelings. And when, when we don't validate, validate each other's feelings, it creates a lot of problem. Our guest today is Bob Wilkie, founder of I Got Mine. And Bob, I want to take uh, a, a different angle and go back to the workplace and uh, workplace uh, wellness, especially with uh, COVID being kind of half behind us, half ahead of us, uh, and the whole discussion about uh, working from home or working in the office. And you mentioned we're all, we're all team players. 
do you find that part of the growing concern on mental issues lately is because people are stuck at home alone instead of the team environment that in the office, as you said, the water cooler, going for a coffee together, having lunch together, boardroom discussion. What's your take on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's such a... Um It goes against our wiring of our brains. Our brains are wired to be social creatures. And, and we have for, for as long as the brain's been developed. Now, you know, some people are, are more comfortable in smaller group settings, which is fine. But we do have that social connection. And there's a great video that we show in, in, in one of our courses. Um, it talks about um, in prison when they get put into solitary confinement and all the psychological issues. Well, we really relate that to what a lot of people are experiencing by staying at home is the, the exact same effects. We're starting to have that depression. We're starting to feel isolated and alone. And when we start down that road, the unfortunate part is a lot of times we don't know how to reach out and say, you know what? I am suffering. David, I'm tired of this working from home and I just don't know what to do. Again, people don't have the confidence to say that because they, they just don't have the experience of saying that. And, mm. and once you do it once, we, you know, we say um, there's so much power in vulnerability. Like if you want strength, if you want mental strength and, and to be resilient, you got to be willing to be open. You said people don't have the courage to say it. I think people are afraid because it's not cool to say today that you want to be part of uh, work at, at the office. Today, the mantra is work from home, a day a week, two days a week, the whole week. I, I don't think it's a courage thing. I think it's kind of going against the you know, message that is out there. Which I disagree. You know what? And, we, and we've seen really split audiences, David, and, and industry differences too. You know, some people um, have had to go to work because they're a production team. Um, but some of the people in the office don't have to come in. So there, there's a little bit of a riff where, you know, the people in the front office, well, great, they get to work from home. Why do I have to come in? And, and so it creates a little bit of that separation, which denies us the opportunity um, for that connection. And yeah, unfortunately, like anything in the planet, you know, if, if some people out there that are in pain can find a way out and around, they'll take it. And um, it's not a good mental space to be in. It's not beneficial to the team. And it, every bit of what we're talking about today comes down to personal accountability. So, Bob, how do leaders create an environment where people feel safe being vulnerable and speaking up? It's a long process. You know, this is a big adjustment for a work culture, right? Because if you've never had that, how do we even start that? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it's really finding uh, what, what are the issues that we're dealing with and being able to start with that conversation. Let's discover internally what we need to improve on. You know, why do we not feel like this is a safe space? Um, what, what do we think we need to learn so that we can make it a better environment for everybody? And then once we know what the needs are, Let's go look for some resources out there that are going to be able to fit these needs. And, and people are working from home and people aren't coming or can't come to the office. So now I've got to identify a different hybrid program because, you know, some only do this and some only do that. And, and so really being able to identify what the needs are, then you can start looking for the resources to support you in that. And education is everything. We have about uh, 90 seconds. Um, so your program for the workplace, what the, what, What does I Got Mind offer to the workplace? You know, it, it, it's been a lot of fun. We were a mixture of wellness and performance. Uh, when I started this business, it was all about performance. And 
over the years, I've really learned that there's a direct correlation to our wellness. If we're not well, we can't perform. And so it's a combination of, you know, understanding stress, um, dealing with chaos, um, you know, what, what is anxiety? So we start talking about all these things. We get everybody to throw their feelings out there and be a little bit vulnerable, changes everything. Now we can start, start talking about how do we enhance our performance because we've normalized the conversation that's always been uncomfortable. We, we just have, we still have a little bit of time left. I want to make sure that we get in there. Um, tell us about your partnership with Hockey Calgary. This is an exciting thing for your business. Yeah, we're thrilled with uh, the partnership with Hockey Calgary. We're doing presentations right now called the Power Differential, and it's everything we talked about, all the abuse that goes on within the game. Um, we did one on Monday night uh, at 7 o'clock. Uh, Sean O'Grady, our mental health clinician, he's a director at Health Services, is a part of it. Uh, Corey Clouston, former NHL coach, is a part of it as well. And Tanya O'Neill uh, from Hull Services. Again, we've got a great partnership with Hull. Um, she's the director of Pre-Adolescent Treatment Center. So much experience in dealing with all these different abuses, but so many solutions to the problem. So if you can attend and you're a member of Hockey Calgary, please do so. Uh, yes or no question. Do you see today more openness and vulnerability by people that you deal with? Way more. It's so exciting, David. When I started this in 2008, I used to get laughed out of places, doors slammed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now they're more open and willing because the pain is, it's real. And unfortunately, it's affecting more than ever. So it's an exciting time. Well, you're doing amazing work. Thank you so much for coming in today, Bob. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Bob Wilkie, founder of I Got Mind. You can go on the website at igotmind.ca. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com.